Welcome to the Athletic Approach, where we will guide you through the intricate maze of the mind in sport. The Athletic Approach is brought to you by Culture and Sport, where we believe that culture is critical to long-term success. I'm Kristen Bonowski. And I'm Manisha Agawal, and this is the Athletic Approach, where we don't just play the game, we understand it. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be really yeah. hard uh, as an individual to go into that, knowing that you want to be recognized for you, but your best chance to be recognized is to look like somebody else. Yeah, it's it's just so ironic. Like honestly, the, like yeah. a lot of the things is just so like contradictory. Like, and you think how? Um, but then on that as well, because it's such a female-dominated sport, it's easier for boys to then get picked out for jobs than it is for girls <laughs> because. Every again, because again, unless you stand out as a woman, you look like everyone else, you dance like everyone else, you've got the same technique as everyone else. But then, boys within those auditions are are easier to kind of pick out, or there's again, it's that thing of well, there's so many jobs there for boys, but you're more likely to get it because you're a minority within the industry yeah but and then when you think even like sort of on a bigger scale where um leadership roles like men are in those roles and you're like how would it such a female dominated sport do you know what I mean like you know I not to I was kind of noticing this I was watching basketball the other day and there's a lot of um black athletes but you look at the coaches and they're all old white men and it's kind of like the same thing I think we were talking about it in the culture and sports seminar too how you need to like get representation up the up the table or up the up the ranks like need more women up the ranks need more black athletes moving into management positions stuff like that move them all the way through where right now a lot of sport is dominated by white men um in management in media and everything um but there's more women more on on the grassroots level and eventually hopefully we'll trickle up into these decision-making positions you know yeah 100 percent. and it's on such a like systematic platform or kind of systematic issue obviously like again like sort of with racism and even though like and again it's questioning what's leadership is it a very um does it only cater to white men to what, what about what's leadership to other people like literally non-white people and yeah I, and it's just it's so frustrating but again it's this there's a need for this culture change where awareness is being brought to stuff like this because without it without actually literally being aware that it's an issue how do you then change it but it's only the good ones that are then willing to change (laughs) and you can't force everyone to listen which Mm -hmm. and it's this whole cycle and and it's like then what yeah I think it I think it's about people recognizing the value that other opinions and voices can bring and pushing programs forward like that like BIPOC coaching um scholarships like I've seen those which are great and like different like 
people recognizing that we need more diversity in the sport world and then pushing for people to have opportunities to get those jobs, get internships, have upward mobility. Um, yeah, I think, I think that we'll see more of it moving forward, but I think it's really important that it's pushed for. Yeah, I 100% completely agree because without that, there's no there's no change but then it's those alleys that need to be there in the first place because it then gets so exhausting for non-white people and like for women to like keep asking for this change but then Mm -hmm. if those at the top aren't listening it's like and it becomes so it literally is so exhausting and it's like I understand it's a threat to the people at the top right yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly no exactly that that's what it is why would you want to put people in like actively recruit people who are going to take your position I don't know that I can see I can see why people don't want like the people at the top don't want it and that's why it's got to come from the people at the bottom like mm. and then eventually put the people at the top in the position where you can't say no as they move up yeah no exactly exactly yeah um i something i was wondering about the body types that we were talking about in dance Mm -hmm. and stuff as like i found in a fitness culture like more muscular is becoming more of like the sexy thing and stuff like that and there's like has Mm -hmm. that trickled into dance like you were saying that people try not to be muscular and they try to be small and petite like have you seen any change where people are like hey maybe it is okay to like have some legs or something like that yeah yeah so oh good question um Again, I feel like it depends on the genre because yeah. I, I do I do think ballet is still behind, but it it's so like it's like you you still have to be strong, but you can't be visibly strong. That makes me sad, it's, honestly. Yeah, and I think that there is a change, but it's very slow, very yeah. slow, and I do think there is still this culture and this normalized idea of disordered eating mm-hmm. um and but how do, there's there's how just no think, kind of gone sorry how do you think that it could be helped all this disordered eating like obviously mm-hmm. there needs to be a culture shift on what is what is beautiful and acceptable for yeah. bodies but then there's also like you can be lean and thin and still eat like how do you change that and I guess how do we educate people give them resources about nutrition I guess yeah so this would be through um so it would be through kind of again teachers so they need to ensure that they're not making comments based Mm. on their bodies and not making that like it's that link so it's ensuring that you're giving feedback to a dancer on how to improve but it's about their technical ability not about the way that they look and I think that is so key but I also think it's so difficult because 
the way that the dancer looks is what sells them and I, and because mm-hmm. their bo- like their obviously their body is their body they're attached to it and that that's no like sort of letting go of that but they almost become their own product and I think it's kind of engaging with dancers on levels of self-compassion self-acceptance and kind of having that sort of realization that you don't have to look a certain way to get that job but the industry needs to understand that as well and I think as a generation I think that's shifting as well because um again a lot of teachers choreographers um yeah are fairly old and they're in kind of the generation where they were taught that this was okay and they went through it so they are then teaching the students now the dancers that they have now that you know don't don't be eating too much over Christmas or don't have too much chocolate in Easter and it's like okay but it's changing that and thinking enjoy your holidays don't don't stress don't think about it don't kind of um restrict yourself and again it's that it's learning that acceptance but I I think yeah yeah I really like what you said about getting the teachers because they're the ones who really affect honestly how their athletes their dancers think right and like maybe educating them more about eating for performance versus like body shaming and stuff like that like how you could actually get more out of your dancers if they're fueling themselves properly oh definitely and and it's changing that narrative that food is fuel and Mm -hmm. not and it's and it is good for you and it's not bad for like again that changing of thoughts that food isn't bad and and it's quite similar actually what you said to like Bob's laying and how you know when you sat with um with girls compared to boys and how you know men will be like eating but then it's very sort of like oh no for girls and it's so so important um yeah I think with the bobsleigh girls though it's not that they don't want to eat it's that they can't or else they won't be able to race Mm. I think and one of the things that I struggle with or I did struggle with when I came into the sport was um, being bombarded on social media with this idea of how you're supposed to eat and stuff like that. And I made a meal plan schedule and I had um, dietitians and stuff look it over and they're like, yeah, this looks great. And I lost a ton of weight and I was a very low body fat percentage and I got myself very sick actually because my immune function went down. And now if I track my food, it's to make sure I'm eating, like my mindset has totally shift after going through all of that. And if I track my food now, it's to make sure that I'm getting enough food, not restricting myself. And that was a complete game changer for me. Cause honestly, I still weigh exactly the same, but I'm not starving. Yeah, no, that's a really, that simple thing. Again, it's not, you're not tracking to restrict, you're tracking to maintain and ensure that yeah again you're getting that fuel for you mm-hmm. and yeah no that is so important I, re- I really like that no I really do yeah yeah <laughs> no yeah no it is because yeah and I think that's an important lesson for a lot of athletes especially those like all of us are attached to our Instagram or TikTok or whatever and we all think we need to look a, like be a st- certain body type and 
we maybe get mixed messages on how to get there oh definitely especially with tiktok like the fitness and the um here's an example of like what i'm eating like all day every day and and it's and they and you know and and on these videos it'll tell you how many calories there are in each meal and it's like oh like if this person's doing this but then other people are doing something else and it's like what do you follow and then but then it's not recognizing who that person is behind that tiktok account and like what they're going through and kind of not taking their kind of nutritional advice or like lifestyle advice or they're perfected one meal that they decided to show you right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and like and it's not like every day all day like it's not like this like consistently Mm -hmm. and it's literally so important to to understand that um uh, yeah yeah because because I remember actually seeing um a TikTok video of someone who kind of tried to get rid of this myth of how to do a certain exercise I can't quite remember what it was but I just remember seeing that oh like all all the fitness girlies are telling you to do this but actually you should be doing it this way and that's why your back hurts (laughs) because like again because everything is for the for social media and like Mm -hmm. everything wants like you know everyone wants to look cute and all this but then if you're not getting that right advice but then and then you're sitting there and now you've received it two messages on the same exercise per se and like who do you actually listen to there yeah and then sometimes it then comes down to how many likes they've got how many followers do they have and that's that's credibility right yeah exactly and it's like it's literally not like that and like even when I think about like my own profession within sports psychology there's people on Instagram that has that have like thousands of followers but they're not accredited they're not they're not yes. a psychologist or anything like that and they're giving all and it's of not this like advice. they have nothing to offer but like they also aren't properly educated and something like psychology that one actually does bother me a little bit um I think you can learn a lot on your own but like psychology it's just dealing like advising people on mental health that that worries me yeah no exactly and funnily enough again I actually I was reading this article on LinkedIn um today and it was saying how easy I think it was in Ireland that you can get you can call yourself a psychologist because there's no consequences because there's no procedures in place and it's like what like like how how and when you then think of how many like you know like again taking myself for an example so I did a three-year degree and then a year doing my master's and now I'm training and this I'm doing it part-time so that's another four years to go Mm -hmm. and it's it's literally so much time but people think you can read a self-help book (laughs) and now you, you can give everyone like all this advice and it's literally not like that at all um and everyone is literally so different and so specific and you've got to meet those individual needs but because this person has x amount of followers or they're verified or if you know because again there's a few dancers that do this well in the industry where because they've been a dancer 
they've like booked all these jobs they've been really successful they have all this fitness advice which obviously would have come naturally through being a dancer again they all have this mental health advice again which makes sense of their own experiences being a dancer but it doesn't mean you can then sell that as a product to other dancers yeah you can give your advice yeah you can talk about your own experiences but you can't then provide interventions because you're not qualified to do that but then because they've got this credibility of how successful they've been in the industry people will give them their money and it and it it angers me so much but it but it almost makes sense but it's that difference of saying okay this is my own individual experience this isn't going to apply to everyone and making it making that that difference clear and and it's not and and it's across like so many different sports as well I think it I think it's great that everybody not everybody but like people feel comfortable to share their experiences and I think a lot of people see that and they're able to relate and they don't feel alone but this this dancer I'm assuming doesn't have the kind of educational background that you or someone who's qualified has and like just because it worked whatever they did worked for them that's great it doesn't mean that it's exactly what's right for you and I feel like it can be almost dangerous at times (laughs) Um, yeah yeah oh definitely it's I mean it's just it's so wrong but then I mean it's like there's not enough to kind of I don't know there's like there's no consequences that are there or because sometimes they'll they'll call themselves a mental a mental coach or mm-hmm. um some, something like that where they don't use the term psychologist mm-hmm. but they use something different but mm-hmm. offer those same services it's like no <laughs> it doesn't work like that <laughs> oh. yeah so yeah yeah the, um, the choice. actually from not that this wasn't a qualified from my own experience um every year in season debriefs I was always told like like I physically do they would tell me I do everything right um and what they my coaches thought in their opinion I needed to work on my mental performance was my biggest thing. And that was just some broad subject that they gave like this broad thing where I'm like, yeah, sure. Like I, you're right. I do get anxious and that is something that I should work on, but they never really gave me direction on it. And at one point I tried to do these breathing exercises um, because I was like reading up online on how to build resilience and be mentally tougher. And I started doing these breathing exercises and then first it was making me, I was noticeably like feeling calmer and stuff. And I thought it was great. And then it started instructing me in the book to like think about these past experiences and it started bringing this stuff up and I started getting really bad anxiety. And, Mm. and I ended up needing to stop this. Like it was crazy. I was having like little anxiety attacks, like out of nowhere over nothing and wow. it was because these breathing exercises were stirring mm. up these like memories that were being blown out of proportion. I didn't understand what was happening. Honestly, I still don't know what was happening physiologically, but it was kind of scary. And I needed to stop doing this. And I talked to a mental wow. health professional and they're like, it's not, they're like, it's not great. 
that these books exist because if you're going to go, if they're going to suggest that you go through these things, you need to have a mental health professional as a guide. And this wasn't a social media thing. This was me following a book. Mm. And mm. honestly, I have experienced how it can really go wrong. That's so interesting because it's so easy to pick up a book that looks like it's like the next bestseller um, that's, you know, got all these recommendations. Yeah, and I'd done, yeah I'd, I felt like I'd done my research and I was like, how could this possibly, it's just breathing exercises. How could this possibly hurt me? I'm just trying to become more resilient. I'm trying to do what my coaches said and I'm like taking initiative. How could this do anything bad to me? Yeah. Yeah. And again, and, again, and, I, and it, that's a clear example that, there's no one fits all approach because again because obviously I know that we've had conversations and if you then said to me like well if I asked you would you want to kind of revisit any past experiences that's your choice to then be you know say yes or no or maybe not so much yet or maybe in the future but it's having that initial conversation with someone else who actually knows what they're talking about but then even us psychologists we don't always get it right and that's fine and we we have that you know that transparency with the athlete where you know if something doesn't work that's fine we can you know look at something else um but then this book that tells you that you know this is what you have to do next you almost feel like you don't have a choice within that until yeah. it, you know, in your case, until it got bad, where you were like, okay, I need to. Yeah, it was oh. encouraging me to bring up hard memories and stuff like that and past traumas. And then suddenly I'm sitting there and it's like constantly in my head. And I was like, looking back, I'm like, that was kind of crazy uh, to like just go on this adventure on my own to try and build some mental resilience. And then it encouraged me to dig up like things I was really like, I don't know if I was just burying in myself or something like that mm. and then I was literally like not sleeping at all for a little bit and like it was rough wow wow yeah well it's good that in the next next few episodes <laughs> of, like you know in this season we can obviously have you know sort of talk yeah. about kind of the mental skills and stuff that you know yeah I'm excited to talk more about mental skills and what you have to offer and as well more about women and marginalized groups in sport um i'm really excited to talk to you about that and hear more of your opinions and that's a wrap for today's episode of the athletic approach we hope you gain new insights into the mental dimensions of sport performance and are inspired to dive deeper into this fascinating field the athletic approach is produced by manisha agwell and dr jeremy piasecki at culture and sport if today's discussion sparked your curiosity and you want to learn more head over to cultureandsports.com We've got a wealth of resources, articles, and research to help you understand the mental game even better. And don't forget, you can also connect with us on your favorite social media platforms. Whether you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, or YouTube, you can join our community for more insightful discussions, expert tips, and a behind-the-scenes look at the world of mental sports. Remember, the mind is a powerful tool in any athlete's training. The more you understand it, the better your game. So keep learning, keep growing, and keep pushing your limits. Thank you for tuning in to The Athletic Approach, where we go beyond the physical and explore the psychological. Until next time, stay strong, stay focused, and embrace the mental game.